This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Now, in this edition, we will mainly be talking about the future of Tottenham Hotspur head coach Antonio Conte. We will be discussing his comments on Saturday after the 3-3 draw at Southampton. We will also discuss possible new managers and what is next for Spurs with 10 games to go in this Premier League season. Now, we have got three very special guests with us this evening. We've got comedian author and host of a new podcast, When Football Begun Again. We've got Carl Jones back with us. Carl, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good, Chris. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this as being a cathartic experience, really, from the eternal misery that is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Carl, as I've just said, um, you've brought out a brand new podcast, When Football Began Again. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so uh, just just behind me here is the uh, 1992 lineup photo for the Premier League. So my podcast is all about the Premier League era. Uh, just just remembering when football was still quite fun, actually. I think, um, and uh, we've got we've got Gordon Jury actually representing Spurs on this photo. So uh, for, for for anyone of a certain vintage, but yeah, the podcast each week uh, chat to comedians, chat to super fans about all sorts of different clubs, not just Spurs about the Premier League era. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're 10 episodes in and it's uh, it's really good fun so far. And, of course, Carl, Tottenham's first ever Premier League game, 1992, a draw at Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, what symmetry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've also got Channel Regular back with us, Craig Dearman. Craig, how are you? I'm all right, Chris. Quite looking forward to this. As, uh, as Carl said there, it's a bit uh, cathartic and hopefully... The same for everybody else um, listening and, and watching tonight. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get into it. There's going to be differences of opinion, but hey, that, that's football. Um, yeah. No matter what fence you sit at, I think we can all agree the club's in a 
tad of a mess at the moment, but, you know, we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? Probably, possibly. We will definitely get into it all. There is so much to discuss on this evening's show. We've also got Italian journalist Simone back with us. Of course, uh, journalist with Football Station and Sport Italia TV. Simone, how are you? I'm fine, mate. I'm fine. Delighted to be back on the show. So when you call me, I'm always fine. Well, as I said, um, Antonio Conte's explosive uh, press conference on Saturday. Now, let's hear from the man himself. Uh, I've got a clip of around one and a half minutes long. Uh, let's remind ourselves what he said on Saturday after the 3-3 draw at Southampton. Yeah, if we are going to discuss about the penalty, it, mean, it means that uh, we don't want to see other uh, situation. Because the problem uh, is that uh, for another time, we show that we are not a team. We are 11 players that go into the pitch and uh, I see selfish players that uh, don't want to, to help each other, don't put the art. They use it here. Don't play for, uh, for, uh, for something important. Uh, they don't want to play under pressure. They don't want to play under stress. It's easy in this way. And Tottenham, Tottenham story is this. 20 years that there is the owner and never won something. But why? Only for the, the fault is only for the club or for the every manager that stay uh, here. And uh, I have seen eh, the manager that Tottenham had on the bench. You risk to disrupt the figure of the manager and to protect the other situation in every moment. Uh, until now, I try to hide the situation. But now, no. Because I repeat, I don't want to see what I have seen today because this is unacceptable. Also for the respect for the fans. They follow us, pay the tickets, and to see the team another time. To have this type of performance, for me, I repeat, this is unacceptable. And uh, we have to think a lot. We have to think a lot about, about this. Craig, let's start with you on Antonio Conte's comments. Saturday evening, when you saw that, when you heard Antonio Conte ranting there, uh, pretty much dissing the players, the board, everything at the club. Um, he said that the fans were impatient <clears throat> only a week or so ago uh, about us wanting trophies, etc. What did you make of those comments on Saturday? Well, to be honest, um, as you know, I was watching uh, your live stream Saturday, and I try and put the comments from any press conferences into the chat that you put on the screen. Um, there was so much. I'm, my phone actually nearly ran out of battery, copying and pasting stuff across and, and trying to write it down. There was so much. And to be honest, I was so shocked at the first few that I'd seen from reputable sources. I had to actually go and double check to make sure yeah. that, that it was right, because you just don't see things like that in press conferences. And... Um, it was explosive. It, it was, it was in a way refreshing because I have to say I probably agree with ninety eight percent of what he said. That you know the three thirds and all that. I mean, exactly what he said, more or less. I, I think we've either said on this channel or we agree with ourselves. Um, a lot of hard truths in there. Um, the only part I disagree with, what I, I don't like to see, is him balling out players in front um, with with the press. I'm not sure that that can motivate a squad. Perhaps you should keep that behind closed doors. Some people say he's tried everything else and now he's just doing it in public. He's just had enough. 
Um, uh, I, I don't know. I think I think we knew what we was going to get with with Conte. Simone told us about this when when we employed him at the club that this was how it was kind of going to end. You always get this with with Conte. Um, uh, I think I've, I've saying this right, Simone. I think it's fair to say Conte say io sono stanco. I am tired. You know, and I think that's what he is. He looks tired. I think he's yeah. fed up. Um, uh, he's had enough, uh, and he. I saw pictures of him on his uh, Ryanair flight back to uh, Italy, whether that was today or yesterday. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see him again in the dugout, but um, I was shocked, but in a good way, shocked because it, in a weird sort of way, it was nice to see somebody from the club kind of come out and say what we've all been saying. Um, but I don't see how his position is tenable now. Uh, I think a lot of the players will be upset with those comments, uh, rightly or wrongly. You, you know, I'm not. I'm not sticking up for the players here. They're as culpable um, as anyone. But I think there's big problems at Tottenham. But it's not just the players. It's everything. It's the, it's the players, the manager, and the board as well. And we can get into recruitment and, and everything, but. It certainly was an explosive press conference, and I, I must admit, I, I, I obviously couldn't watch it when I went back and watched the video. It, it was morbid curiosity, and I must admit, it was fascinating to watch. Yeah, Craig, when he said um, we're not a team, we have selfish players. Who's he talking about? <sighs> That's the million-dollar question, isn't it? And I'm not quite sure what he meant by selfish. Um, now, if you're, I've played football, obviously not at that level, uh, and my managers, we didn't do press conferences. Um, you know, uh, we just had the Romford recorder. Occasionally, you'd get your name in there if you scored a goal, but obviously, it's a bit different for the Premiership guys. You know, this is going out worldwide, and when your manager comes out and says you're selfish, and you include players like Harry Kane, Hyunmin Son. Players that have won World Cups like Romero. I mean, I don't know how they're going to feel. It, it was um, it was shocking to say selfish. I wish he'd gone into a bit further detail what he meant by that. Um, selfish, as in you could you could read it a million different ways. I mean, I'd love to hear what people think he meant by that because I actually genuinely don't know what he meant by that. The selfish you part. You can imagine, Craig, can't you? Being in that uh, that press room, um, the journalists must have just been looking at one another as if to say, oh, my God, what is happening here? They probably had so many questions that they wanted to ask. But, of course, at the end, Antonio Conte literally just got up and left uh, before he said something that he probably would have regretted. Um, I'll come back to you in a minute, Craig, on how the players feel. Uh, I want to talk about that in depth. Um, Carl, let's get your reaction uh, to Antonio Conte's press conference. Well, I think um, I, I agree with an awful lot of what Craig's just said in terms of how what he said is what we as fans have been saying. I think clearly he has to take a lot of responsibility himself. He, you know, he's talked about culture. He's talked about Tottenham Hotspur for the last twenty years. Um, you know, you're you're the guy that we brought in to to sort some of this out. Okay, you maybe can't do all of it, 
you're the guy. So I, I think, you know, him kind of absolving himself a little bit, which we've seen quite a few times. And, you know, we can get down into individual things in terms of some of the tactics and some of the substitutions and not starting Kane at Sheffield United. You know, we'd have been playing Blackburn Rovers yesterday. We wouldn't be talking about Southampton if we'd have managed to knock Sheffield United out. So yeah. you know, these are these are things that you just go, it's just it's a domino effect of of some of the decisions that he has made. And he, for me, is as culpable as as anyone else. But clearly, the book doesn't just stop with him. I think in terms of selfishness and talking about the players, there doesn't seem to be a massive team spirit at the moment. There doesn't seem to be a united front in that in that dressing room. Uh, just a few years ago, you know, you would see that those players looked like they were all the best of friends. I mean, even I don't think Kane and Son have necessarily looked as close actually since Kane had, had angled for his move kind of last summer or whenever, you know, this summer before last. So I, I, I wonder if that's kind of what he's referring to. Uh, we, we all saw the documentary where players are coming in and throwing bottles around the dressing room and things like that. I wonder how much of that's happening right now because every time I see him walk off the field at Sheffield United uh, against Milan, uh, on on Saturday, nobody looks that angry. Nobody looks that disappointed. To be perfectly honest with you, they kind of give a cursory applause to the away end, and and off they skulk off. And and they they barely come close, have they? In, in quite a few of those games, because I think they are ashamed. Um, and and yeah, it's a big big concern at the moment because. I, I, I wonder. I, I I agree. I don't necessarily know if we'll see Antonio Conte back. And where on earth does that leave us? I, I, I don't know. Were you surprised by what happened, though, Cole? Um, or, or, or did you see this coming from him? The, the reaction itself, I guess... Um, I, I can't say I saw an explosive reaction in that way. I think throwing the players under the bus so publicly, as I say, could be a last throw of the dice. My initial reaction, actually, was I think he, you know, whether I, I thought he fancies Easter off and uh, start somewhere else new in the summer, you know, bring this project forward a little bit. And that was really actually my initial reaction on Saturday. I'm surprised that we're here 48 hours later and he's still the manager of Spurs. So that actually was my initial reaction. Um, the fact that he is still manager of Spurs, <laughs> how much we can read into that, I don't know. We're into an international break, so I guess the, there's no rush uh, to announce anything. If they are lining something up, who knows? It might happen in the next hour. So I, I guess I was surprised to see him throw players under the bus. And I, and I think it's interesting that he's rode back on the comments about how he wasn't blaming the owners. He very specifically talks about Tottenham not winning anything important in the last 20 years under these owners. So I, I, I think maybe it was the heat of the moment that got the better of him but I think he was very clearly to me uh, laying a lot of that at the owner's door as well and rightly so in that respect as I say it's what we say as are saying as fans um, but it's kind of everyone but Antonio and I know he's had a, a rough a rough few months a rough year um, but the guy looks we've broken another one the guy looks like he's ready for a rest the guy looks like he needs to go and uh, but, but the trouble is I cannot see what the plan is. I cannot see what the succession plan is. You know, you always see things when you're at the game a lot more than the, you do on TV. And I've not seen this reported anywhere, but I said this on the show after the Southampton game. Um, what I noticed during the match is that um, the ball went out of play. A Southampton player was uh, down injured. Um, the ball went to the ball boy. And Antonio Conte called over to the ball boy, give me the ball. 
the ball boy didn't give the ball. Antonio Conte shouted at him. Um, the, the ball boy then threw him the ball back. He then continued to shout at him. It was just so unlike Antonio Conte. Um, every single time I've seen Conte, whenever someone wants a, a picture with him, an autograph or whatever, and I've seen Antonio Conte many times when he's with his family, and uh, he's literally stopped what he's doing. He'll go over and he'll be really friendly to the fans. And when I saw him do that with the ball boy, it was just really out of character. It just didn't make any sense. And then, of course, after the game, we saw him, uh, you know, say what he did. Um, Simone, let's get your reaction, because, of course, you're in Milan. Um, you've seen Antonio Conte I'm many, Rome, many times. To be honest. So, sorry? I'm in Rome, to be honest. Oh, you're in Rome. OK. Yeah. Um, so tell us, um, tell us your thoughts on um, Antonio Conte's explosive press conference on Saturday. I think that we are talking about uh, a man that clearly hates to lose, hates to lose points, loves to find excuses, and mainly this. Uh, uh, I think that we are talking about someone that uh, clearly lost his brain, and uh, he was searching for someone to attack, and he clearly. Uh, found his way attacking the players, just like uh, Jose he used to do when he lost games, crucial games against Everton, against uh, Dinamo de Zagreb. So we are seeing the same story re repeating itself once again. So for me, when this kind of things happens in football, in world of football, you know how it will end up. And you know why? Maybe the manager will lose his, uh, will lose his, his, uh, his, his place, will lose his bench. So let's see what we can see in the next couple of days because, uh, you know, sports history recent. Sports history is what it is and we can expect everything from them. Simone, is there any way back for An Antonio Conte after all of these comments? I don't think so. I don't think so because uh, if you think about uh, Antonio Conte's relationships towards the Tottenham environment, you know, he had always just one thing on his side. That was the players. The players would have been uh, ready to get, to battle, to go to war alongside him. But if you betray your players, this is what can happen. So I don't think, I, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I don't know there is a, a way back. But to be honest, Chris, if you know my my suits, uh, and I kept on saying this by January, if you know, if you already know that you are gonna leave sports, what's the point of staying here? Of course, you are a professional, so just to earn your money, just to earn your, your money as they till the very end of the season. But how can you motivate your players? How can you uh, help them to trust on your ideas, to trust on your future? If you already know that for family reasons, or whatever they are, you're going to leave Tottenham at the end of the season because of course Antonio is a human being 
and uh, if he is missing his family, for the God's sake, guys, he has got all the rights to be back in Italy, to be close to his family. Uh, uh, there is no discussions about that. But if you already knew that you are going to be leaving Spurs at the end of the season, so come on, how bloody, bloody hell, how can you, can you say things like that? 20 years without winning a trophy, first of all, is a mistake. First of all, it's not true. It's been 15 years. Secondly, we are talking about, uh, under Mauricio Pochettino, a group of players that tried it hard to win a Champions League. They were playing in 2019 a Champions League final. Antonio Conte will never play in a Champions League final. Trust me. This has to be very, very, very clear. Because what's the point of uh, uh, saying that your players don't have fire on, your, on their heart, fire on their eyes? We are talking about uh, a football club that three years ago, just three years ago, I repeat, three years ago, were fighting to win a Champions League. And Antonio Conte, it is a top five, top ten manager in Europe, no doubt about that. We have to admit that his European track record is not as top as his European dimension. Because, of course, he has won many trophies, he has won many titles with Inter de Milan, with Juventus, with Chelsea. Everyone knows it. But, guys, to be honest, what about his European tracking records? Four times he got out on group phases in the Champions League. Twice in the last 16, once, only once in the last eight. So we are talking about someone that, uh, bloody hell, he doesn't know anything about playing a Champions League semi-final or more, a Champions League final. So, bloody hell, how could you say that? So when he, he, he want to speak about spurts, he has to learn a little bit more, not about history, about recent history. So that's my my thoughts. That's my feelings. Simone, just a quick yes or no. Um, do you think that Antonio Conte wants the sack? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so, Chris, because he, he doesn't have a, a long project contact. He will stay here until the end of the season, at least Daniel uh, Levy. And we cannot, of course, expect uh, some surprises in the next couple of days, but he has got just a, a contact at the very end of the season. He is not going to stay here at Tottenham uh, for years. So I don't think it's uh, an economical side, uh, it's an economical issue. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. Craig, let's come to you. A report came out earlier from Sky Sports. Um, they have stated that Antonio Conte does not expect to be sacked uh, by the club. And Fabrizio Romano, a short while ago, has stated internal discussions are taking place at Tottenham on the Antonio Conte situation with Daniel Levy to have final say as Conte's plan to leave at the end of the season was already clear after uh, the defeat against AC Milan in the Champions League. Um, Conte's words were directed at the players and not the board and the owners. Craig, is there any way back for Antonio Conte or would you expect Spurs to act in this international break? 
Well, <clears throat> no, I don't think there is any way back for him. I think they, as I've said on him many times, I think they've known for months that he intended to see out his contract till June and then be on his way. I think they've known that. This may well and should, in my opinion, force their hands to do something. Um, they don't have to do it straight away. Um, Pochettino was sacked, I think it was the second week of the international break. So they don't have to do it straight away. Um, knee-jerk reactions. But if they are having a board meeting tonight, then who knows? Something might come out tonight or tomorrow. But the frustration for me is that the club haven't come out and said anything yet. Um Perhaps they will. I don't know. Apparently, if you believe, and I still think people sit there and make stuff up just to get it out there, uh, that he had discussions with Daniel Levy and he told Daniel that everything he said was directed at the players and not at the board. Well, he's, he's not going to turn around and say to his employer or his boss, yeah, it was aimed at you, was it? Because especially um, coming out in such a public way, criticising your boss like that, I don't know. Would that classify as gross misconduct, which means you wouldn't get a severance pay? I don't know. I don't know how these things work. Um, but, it, it, you know, he's not going to turn around and say, oh, no, 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 don't worry, I'm, I wasn't directed you. Of course it was directed at the board. Of course it was directed at his managers above him. 100% on that. He's, he was blaming everybody. He, he did throw everybody under the bus. Probably the only one that got off was a tea lady or somebody like that. You know, he, everybody got it from him. And as I say, it was refreshing to hear because a lot of what he said I agreed with, most of it, in fact. But I just don't think there can be a way back because how is he going to walk into that dressing room and look those players in the eyes? How is he going to look Harry Kane in the eyes? How is Harry Kane going to look him in the eyes? And wouldn't If I was Harry Kane, wouldn't you be like, uh, boss, uh, what you said in that press conference, was you, was you talking about me? You know? Well, do you, do you think that those dis discussions happened on the coach on the way home? And certainly Antonio Conte's phone would have been ringing from Daniel Levy, surely. You, you, well, Daniel Levy was there. I don't know if Daniel goes on the coach with him. I can't imagine he would, no. he would lower himself to get no, on the coach. But um, <clears throat> if Conte was on the coach, players all have phones, obviously, and they all have social media, obviously, and they're seeing these things coming out in the press conference. Imagine being on that coach and being one of them players and seeing that, and you're going to you're going to turn the player opposite you and go, "You see, you see what you see what he said now. You see what he said about me." You know, whether we agree with that, because again, and I stress, I agree with a lot of what Conte said. But can you? I would have loved to have been a fly on that wall on that coach because you can you can just imagine the conversations that, that were going on. I'd, I'd have loved to have had video footage of that call. That would have been priced. But again. What would Harry, somebody like Harry Kane think? Would he think, oh, those 11 players? Is it, he, hang on, he's, he's saying to me that I don't give a damn. Somebody who's been at the club since since I was eight or whatever it was, you know, stayed went, went through, through thick and thin, who he admitted was a world-class player and the club would basically be lost without him. And he's thrown me under the bus. I'm club captain at the moment because Hugo's out. I mean, how is it? I, it, it boggles the mind. Perhaps he just got, I think he did, probably just got carried away. The steam was coming out of his ears. You, you know that old Tom and Jerry cartoon where, where, where the steam comes out of somebody's ears? It was like that. You could see it. And I, I would imagine his finger was quite sore because he was banging that table with everything he was got. You know, you know, it, it was incredible to watch. But the players on the coach, 
I, look, some of them might turn around and say, do you know what? He's right. He's, he ain't giving his all over there. In, and, and as for him, I mean, what, what the hell was he doing? Why is he playing? Why is he getting game time? There was an interesting picture of Dan Juma on Instagram. So I don't know if anybody saw it. He just had a massive smile on his face. Not quite sure why he would have such a big smile on his face. But there Can I go. just say, Craig, straight after that game, um, weirdly, I was with my son, Harry, and both of us bumped into Dan Juma after the match. Uh, oh, the, right. the, way, the way that we went out, uh, weirdly, he was meeting three family members. And I'll tell you what, he looked absolutely gutted, no game time. He looked really, really down uh, in the dumps. He really did. Talking to his family members, they'd obviously flown over to see him, uh, hopefully mm. to see him play. I tell you what, he looked really disappointed. And, yeah, and that's guess, why... Guess, very, guess, very... guess, but the Danjuma situation is all up to Paradici. It's not about Conte, because Conte wanted a proper right wing, right winger. And Danjuma is not a right winger. Danjuma can play in that position, but for me, he's another one. He's another Richardson, he's another Sonny. So for me, he's a left winger. He's not a right winger. So that was another big and massive mistake made by Fabio. That's my, my truth. It's, it's another tough point. We'll come on to that in a second. Craig, do you want to carry on what you were saying? Um, uh, where was I? What was we talking about? Um, Dan Juma. Yeah, so he... What must he be thinking? Um, he, he, I bet he's thinking, I, I wish I could go up the M6 and, and, and sign for Everton, is what he's probably thinking. Because bearing in mind, he was there. He was basically signed and we nicked him. Now, imagine a player thinking, a club yeah. like Tottenham want me. God, I must be, be able to get some decent game time. And you've, you've seen him for what? A total of about 20 minutes? Uh, it's just incredible. That's why I'm still never sure that these directors of football work. I get the idea behind it, but I think we've proved that we've performed best where the manager picks the players that he wants. All right, we all know, haven't always got the players that he wants, and I think Poch's success was down to a lot of luck in some some ways because we, he chose the players he wanted. Redknapp did, I think. Don't think we had a director of football back then, or certainly not not the structure we've got now. Um, I mean, what was Paratici going to be thinking about these comments? Because he's he, he should be included in Conte's comments, surely. Because basically, he was saying, "You're not giving me the tools to do the job." But the thing is, he's supposed to be a world class manager. I haven't seen him improve one player personally. I'm not one. You know, we've gone backwards this season. You know, um, uh, if he's not improving players, then you're not that good a coach. And you could you could turn around and say, oh, he's taken them as far as he possibly can. I'm sure there's a manager out there that could get more out of these players because, and this might give people a bit of hope, and you can choose to call me an idiot if you want. I don't think that there's that many problems with this squad. I think we've got to, in the summer, get rid of a load of loan players that they don't want off the books. But... I think with the addition of four, perhaps five players in key positions when you're buying quality and with a manager who plays the football that the players actually want to play, I don't think with that far off, and our position proves that because we are in fourth in the Premier League, 
You get in four or five players with a manager that brings everybody back together and plays decent football. I don't think we're going to be that far away, but at the moment we're in disarray. It is, it's whether you want to keep challenging for fourth, though, Craig, or move up the ladder and actually challenge for something important, uh, like Antonio Conte says, important. And it's funny, I'm just going to give you a, a great example here. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to dig out someone like Clement Langley. The amount of times that I've asked guests on this show and, you know, Spurs fans in stadiums, what do you think of Clement Langley? Everyone's answer is exactly the same. He's all right. He's all right. Do we want to settle for he's all right? We want to we want yeah. to go for top players. We want top players in, and you know we, we've all spoken many times on this channel about uh, when was the last time you were wowed by a signing in transfer windows? Yes, we've spent money. The club have admitted that they've spent money, and there have been mistakes. You know, let's an, another easy example: hundred million pounds. Tongyon Dombele, Giovanni Lo Celso. They're both out on loan. They're not even playing for us at the moment. They're back in the summer. We don't know who the manager's going to be. Will they get another chance? Will Harry Winks come back in the summer? Will he get another chance? This is a huge problem again. In the summer, we've got all of these players coming back on loan. Are we going to be able to offload them? What's going to happen with them? Um, Cole, let's come to you. Let's talk about club signings because Antonio Conte, um, of course, in the summer said that Jed Spence, club signing, gone out on loan, hasn't hardly had any minutes in a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. Um, Dan Juma, um, as Craig has just uh, mentioned, you know, club signing didn't come on again, didn't get any minutes. What on earth is going on with him working with Fabio Prasci? Because, of course, they are very, very good friends. They've worked together before. They see each other every day. They, 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 they work together every single day. You think the amount of discussions that they're having, how on earth is Antonio Conte being given club signings that he doesn't want? I, I I just don't know, and I don't get it. And I think in answer to your question, last time wowed by a signing, Rafa van der Vaart, before that, Edgar Davids, before that, maybe Klinsman coming back the second time. When was the last time we had a player walk through the door where you just went, wow, we've signed a world-class player? Clement Longley, another 7 out of 10. I, I, I think I've got to sort of disagree with Craig in terms of the squad, because I think you take... I, I know this is an argument that used to be thrown at us, Anyone who watched Tottenham knew we weren't the Harry Kane team. We were a team of 11. I think this season we have been the Harry Kane team. And I think you take Harry Kane out of that side. We're below Chelsea this season. I think we are mid-table and average at best this season under Conte's tactics if Harry Kane wasn't doing what he's doing for us. And then in terms of just the signings and what on earth is going on, in terms of how, how can this be not working? How can Dan Juma be coming in and Jed Spence, who I particularly was really excited about Jed Spence. I really thought that we've got a quality player there who is a a very, very promising right back, which was a problem position for us at that time when he came in as well. And these players haven't been given um, opportunities and have been farmed out on loan. There, there isn't any of the top clubs and, and, and let's face it, we're Spurs fans. We know that increasingly year on year on year without silverware this label of being a top club we 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 consider ourselves to be a top club because of our history because of our stadium because we've got you know Asia's best player and possibly the best number nine in the world and Brazil's number nine we've every right to consider ourselves a big club yet we do not back that up off the field with the 
by by backing our managers, by bringing the players in that we that we need to see. And this goes way back. This goes way back. We talked about the the director of football model. Redknapp wouldn't come in with a director of football, um, and. And we, we played some great attacking football in that team. But there was that transfer window back in, I think it was 2010, winter 2010. We could have had Luis Suarez was linked. We could have had Gary Cahill uh, when he was at the peak of his career. We ended up with Ryan Nelson and Luis Saha. It has never really stopped. And then there's that period before the Champions League final where we were in a title race. We were pushing for the title and we did not invest for, what, 18 months, 500 and however many days it was, and we never brought anyone in. And we are still seeing the same players in that squad who were, were beginning to go stale then, and that's three or four years ago. Now, I was someone who... I maybe I made excuses, I don't know, for the for the ambition of the board and the ambition of the club, because the one thing that will be said, we, we're not, we haven't got an oil magnet, we haven't got someone who's bankrolling this football club, and unfortunately, it is a, a, a fact of the modern game that you do need to be run financially well, and as we all know, we run very financially well, but we are fans and we want to see what happens. We are the people that fund that football club, and we are now out of the pandemic. We've got full stadiums. We've got concerts. We've got all the tourism stuff, all the stuff that's running money for them. And we are still not backing the manager. And the football club will say, well, they've spent this much. We've spent a lot of money on players. We have spent a lot of money on players. But the circus that's gone on behind it appears to be that, again, the balance and the players that we brought in it isn't working. The manager doesn't want to play the players we brought in. We're sending players out on loan. Meantime, we've got now probably, arguably, the greatest player who's ever played for our football club running into the final year of his contract. What are our chances of keeping him, that asset? Sonny's 30 years old. His market value is going down all the time. So so where is the revitalisation of this squad? How if, if they won't back this team with these players... How what is going to happen in two, three, five years from now when actually Kane's gone anyway or retired or Son's gone and retired? I, I can't see I can't see what's happening. I can't see the philosophy at all anymore. Yeah, I completely agree, Carl. I think when uh, when Hunmin Son and Harry Kane eventually leave or retire, I think that we are going to have uh, big issues. Um, in my opinion, I think that we've got problems at player level. I think we've got problems at the manager level and I think we've got problems at board level. There, there are problems throughout the whole of the club. Um, Carl, in your opinion, what do the board need to do differently? Um, I know a lot of people are going to probably shout at me now, but what do you think? What is your opinion? What the board needs to do differently once Antonio Conte leaves and a new manager comes in? Because we have gone round in circles, in my opinion, since Maurizio Pochettino left. He came out and said publicly a number of times... You know, you've got a mansion, you need the furniture to put in. We all agree with that. I don't think there's any Spurs fan that does not agree with that, that, you know, we've got this lovely, fantastic stadium that, of course, we've all been to. We've got wonderful training facilities. We've had some fantastic players, some fantastic managers. I am sitting here, I cannot believe that we've gone from Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, Antonio, Antonio Conte and not won a trophy, not going to get over that line. In your opinion, what do they need to do differently? Well... I think they need to communicate, and I, I said this a few months ago on on your show, Chris, as well. And um, and and 
they there was a there was that statement from the club, but it was again very past the book. It was very almost you know subtly blaming the fans for expecting too much, in my opinion, rather than again holding their hands up. They just kind of said we've invested in the club. They haven't invested in it well. What you would have said maybe twelve months ago when Paratici came in was, you know. In fairness, get Daniel Levy away from these transfers, get him away from selecting those players because it's not worked, bring in someone who knows what they're doing. Now, on the face of things, that looked like the Paratici and Conti partnership. We brought in Bentancur and Kulisevsky, who are two very, very good signings and very, very important players for us. Having said that, you you only it could only happen to Spurs. Paratici and the, the ban and all of the stuff that's gone on uh, that, that's kind of followed him here, it, I... I Again, could it happen to another football club? So there, there's this thing again for me in terms of uh, incompetence is a strong word, but you know we almost seem to try every single different thing, and we've actually brought someone in to manage the transfers. And you, you're bringing Bentecourt and Kulusevski and go, okay, we've cracked it now. Um, but, but clearly that that's not working because we're bringing in Dan Juma and Jed Spence and calling them club signings and so on. So we, we need to go back to, they need to go back to basics. I think the obvious thing is they need, if if they are not interested in selling the football club and there's various rumours that they may might be, but I don't know who's going to come in and offer what they're going to, going to accept for it. If they're not interested in selling the football club, we've got to strip back and, and, and get back to some basics and go back to, project manager but we've got we've now we've now blown two three years bouncing around from quick fix microwave managers who are going to come in and get us over this and we keep breaking them we we we, we literally can't lift a league cup let alone anything else so i, I think we have just <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't i'm not even sure what the answer is anymore chris i i, I think because i i the one thing I would say is that the board in defending themselves will go, well, we've tried everything. We've tried it this way. We've tried it that way. We've tried it the other way. The one thing they haven't done is, is brought in a manager and, and backed one of the greatest sets of players we've had, uh, certainly in the modern era of Tottenham. And um, we can all keep pointing back to Pochettino and saying he wasn't backed. It is a fact. And that was the moment. And it seemed like everyone could see it except them. And it doesn't make business sense, let alone footballing sense. If we take it away and say they're not interested, which I don't think is true. I think they do want to win trophies. I don't think they want to win trophies as much as they want to turn a profit. But I do think they want to win trophies. If only to get us lot off their backs. If only to shut shut us up, they want to win trophies. And they cannot find a way to do it. They feel like it feels like they've tried every possible which way. And... You know, we we as a fan base, we've got to we've we've got to accept, I think, where we are, and accept that yet again we're coming to the end of yet another chapter, and that we are going to have to start again somewhere. And that is that gets more painful with each passing go because how many times now have we been here? Um, I, I think the final straw for me will be, and I, I know we'll probably come on to who who may replace him. I think that will be the that will be the moment where. They get that wrong, and I think we'll be. I, I don't know what more can happen for the fan base to remain as placid as we are. Yeah, I think there's a lot of very angry uh, people out there at the moment. Um, now, Matt Law, um, journalist with Daily Telegraph, um, tweeted earlier, and what about this for a stat? Over the past 20 years, Daniel Levy has hired 10 permanent coaches who, between them, have won 61 trophies before and after managing Tottenham. 
between them in that time, they have only won one trophy at Tottenham. Now, in the last 10 minutes, um, the Daily Telegraph have stated that Tottenham are expected to part ways with Antonio Conte later this week. An exclusive article from Matt Law. Um, Simone, let's get your thoughts on um, oh, what you think the board should do next. You know, you already know my answer, Chris, because we need to be back. Uh, guys, to be honest, let's be back 10 days before the Champions League final. So I'm back on May 2019. I knew a genius that was the manager at the time of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, best manager of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club in the last 20, 25 years. That was called Mauricio Pochettino. And Poch, in a famous interview with Gary Lineker, he clearly stated that he was scared about what would have been next after the Champions League final. Because what Daniel Levy had been asking to do before the Champions League final was reduce the gap with top four, finishing above Arsenal, finishing into the top four, let's complete the new stadium. After the Champions League final, he was already asking for a rebuild. And the best manager of Tottenham history in the last 25, 30 years already saw it everything, absolutely everything. And uh, here we are in the March 2023, and we are talking about what he already saw. So it's not about putting every world-class manager, just like Jose Mourinho and Claudio Contes, in the same basket. Because Poch already saw absolutely everything. Everything. So we are talking about a club that needs to build itself from foundations once again. So... Uh, I'm expecting Spurs, if they are, have got some brains, Levy and the Birdroom stuff, if they want to build again something special, they need to appoint once again Mauricio Pochettino. But not just for, for the fans, because I was listening very carefully at the interview that today Chris made with Sky Sports. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that. Uh, uh, in every aspect, in every aspect, Mauricio is still the best manager, the best manager that Spurs can appoint in the next couple of weeks. We'll come on to uh, Pochettino in a second, uh, Simone. Um, we've got a question here from Welsh Guy 2014. Um, I'm more angry at Joe Lewis. The man is rich as Roman and yet hasn't put a penny of his own money into the club. Need youth and experience now. Vincent Company for me. Um, there are so many managers' names um, going around at the moment. Um, Vincent Company for you or not? But uh, Luis Enrique, Vincent Company, Roberto De Zerbi, why all these names? I only aim the best for them. I only aim the best for them. Um, potentially, we are talking about some very, very uh, clever managers. But, you know, Tottenham story uh, started to fall down when they decided to get rid of their best manager in the last 20, 25 years. And I'm clearly talking about Mauricio Pochettino. So if Poch want to be back 
and he always stated that one day, Vritling the starts, he wanna be back to finish what he unfinished. Why not Pochettino? Because we are talking about company, Luis Enrique, Dezervi. I'm not sure they can they can do they can deliver what Poch deliver on that levels. So I will always go for a reunion, for a romantic reunion with Maurice Pochettino. I think I know where this is going. Whatever name we're going to bring up, uh, Simone is just going to say Pochettino and that's it. Yeah. Um, Craig, let's come to you on Maurizio Pochettino um, because um, I was on Sky Sports earlier and I said that I would like to see Maurizio Pochettino back. Um, the clips went out on Twitter and other social media and I put a number of pictures about Pochettino up online. Um, I would say half, 60% perhaps, were, were like, yep, completely agree, bring Maurizio Pochettino back. Um, there were a lot of people who don't want him back and said, don't ever go back. Why on earth would you want him back? He didn't win anything at Tottenham. What are your um, what are your views on possibly bringing Pochettino back? Would it be good for Spurs? And would he be better than everybody else? Um, I think... You, you know my opinions on, on Poch and anybody that follows me on Twitter, all of my 200-odd followers, not really probably interested in what I think, but in my opinion, he's the only man on the planet that can reunite this fractured club, I think was the way I put it. Um, I get why people don't want him back. Yes, he didn't win anything. It Just in my opinion, it just feels right at the moment. I just think anybody else would be a gamble. And the board, <clears throat> the board can't afford to get this wrong. They really can't. I know we've said that a million times in the past, but we've they said really that back can't. Home. We, yeah, we did. But bringing Poch back, uh, and, I, and I've said this before, I think he's the only man that will get Kane to stay. Uh, you're talking company, Deserby, not enough experience, in my opinion. Uh, I've yeah. seen Luis Enrique. Name mentioned, his record isn't... All right, he's won with Barcelona, but you've got to look at the Barcelona team he had and the Spanish team he inherited. Um, for me, it, it wouldn't be the right fit, plays better football, but I just think Poch gets this club. I think he gets it. And as I say, I think he would be the only man that can, that can bring everybody back together because things were just so much better under him. I'll tell you what, Chris, when he, when he was sacked, um, and I, uh, you know, this is probably saying a bit strong and obviously football isn't life and death, but it did feel like, like somebody had died. It did. Yeah. And I, and it yeah. was like one of those moments for me where I will always remember where I was when Pochettino was sacked. I know that sounds <laughs> daft, but I, I, that's, that's how I, I fondly I felt of the guy. When we appointed Mourinho, it was quite clear as soon as he was sacked, the reports were coming out that Mourinho was favourites with the bookies. The bookies rarely get these things wrong. And I thought, my first thought was, great. You know, I know what the sort of football is we're going to be playing now for his tenure. And uh, But then there was a side of me thought, well, give Mourinho a chance. He is a serial winner, blah, blah, blah. But the one thing that concerned me was the style of the football. That first game against West Ham, I thought he's had a week. He's not going to have enough time to instill what he wants out of the players. 
and we're going to play pretty much the potch way. And we did, yeah. and we won the game 3-2. All right, we conceded two late goals, but we, we tore them apart, really, and then just stupidly, in, in the way that things were going that year, we, we conceded two. Then gradually, Mourinho, you could see us sitting deeper and deeper and deeper. And then we hire in, we sack him, we hire in Nuno. I was devastated when we appointed Nuno because I just didn't think he was the right fit. You could see the way that was going to go. That was even more boring than Mourinho's football. Then we got Conte in. Uh, admittedly, when I first heard his name, I thought elite manager, but again, boring football. But I thought, I thought this was the guy that was going to get us over the line. And as many have said before, you don't mind. You could put up with the boring football if we were winning. But for me, um, as it was on match of the day, they did a great analysis. We're 3-1 up against bottom of the league and we're sitting in a 5-4-1 formation. Now, the manager can affect that. Why is Conte not saying to Kane, we don't we need you here. Get up there and occupy the centre-backs. Get Son up the pitch. Move everybody up. I don't get it. We should have been going on to win that game 4-5-1 in the end. Uh, and it's the negative tactics. I just... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. don't think you see any elite teams play like that anymore. Um, it might work in Italy. I don't know. I think he's probably he's more suited to, to Italian football. Yes, he won with Chelsea, but I just don't think it suits the players at the club. It seems everything seems wrong. And Poch, I think, would be the man to... to to, with with the best chance of not only keeping Harry Kane, which I think is paramount, yeah. and look, Levy, Levy won't sell him if Levy don't want to sell him, regardless of what Harry Kane says or anybody says. I don't believe any of these articles that have come out saying Harry Kane's decided he wants to go. Who's, who's he said that to? Well, has he rung up a reporter on his way to England duty and said, oh, by the way, uh, I want out? You know, it don't happen. So I don't believe that. But I think if you do, told do Harry you know Kane, what they if, if, if Harry Kane's going in his... I know we're going to talk about Harry Kane, but if he's going in his last year of contract in the summer and Spurs get a decent offer in for him, I think we will end up selling. Um, because there is no way that the club are going to want him leaving on a free transfer in the summer of 2024. Do you agree? Um, I can see I can see the logic, but I've also lived with the argument that if we do get in Champions League and the money that generates, if they're going to get 70, 80 million for him, you're going to, you're going to earn that from being in the, either in the top four or getting in the Champions League anyway. So you're not losing out financially keeping Kane for another year. And whether that be against his will or not, I don't know. Harry Kane's always said he'd stay if he sees us progressing. Well, we're not at the moment, obviously, but even Harry can yeah. see 
what's been going on. I don't agree that we need to sell him just for the money. I don't think Levy actually would sell him for the money. I think you'd think that, we, like I say, the financial kind of balances it all out. So, I mean, whether Harry Kane wants to leave is another conversation completely. But um, for me, coming back to your Poch question, I think if Poch comes in, then Harry stays and Harry signs a new deal. I, I genuinely believe that because Poch will sign, if they want him back, of course, Poch will sign, I reckon, a three or four year deal. He's not going to sign a one and a half year, two year deal. Yeah. You know, you'll get, he wants to be at this club. He said he would sign a 20 year deal when he was here last time. He, want, he loves this club. That's the passion I want for my manager. That's why I want Poch back because. We've had these. We knew about Mourinho. We knew he wouldn't be there that long. He got the boot. Conte now, year and a half. He's done. Um, and we haven't. We haven't gone forward. Uh, tell me, am I wrong? Have we advanced any since Poch left? We no, haven't. Have we? we've, gone around, we've gone round in circles. And I tell you what, the, the the thing that most upset me is going out of the two cup competitions in the manner and the fashion that we did in the last couple of weeks. Um, now, when I put out on social media about Pochettino and I got slaughtered by half of the uh, the replies, um, I then went back to those people and said, well, who was the manager when you were most entertained and excited in your lifetime? And you know what? Most of those replies were Pochettino, but I don't want him back. Pochettino, but I yeah. don't want him back. Carl, um, what are the... Carl, it's, for incredible. You, it's incredible. I'll come to you in a minute, Simone. Um, Cole, for you, pros and cons of bringing Maurizio Pochettino back? Um, pros, it's, he, he is our greatest manager of the modern era, um, the last 30, 40 years. I think he would play fantastic football. I think he's just about the only name that we can bring in at the moment, because I said this when we brought in Conte, that... Conte looked like the last throw of the dice again, you know, another last throw of the dice. But actually, again, you kind of go, well, Pochettino's the, the left turn that we may take that actually would appease at least a large majority of the fan base, if not everyone. Um, I think I, I agree that I think that's probably our only chance of keeping Harry Kane. I don't think um, Harry Kane will will stay for anyone else. Um there's a romantic thing there as well that says, well, if Pochettino came back and it was Harry Kane's final season at the club and that was the season that we actually won something, there would be some poetic justice in, in all of that. I think they're the pros. The cons, I think Mauricio Pochettino will be back at our football club one day. I think you probably can't come back three times. And I wonder if coming back at this time is the right time, both for him and for us. Because... If he comes in and it all ends in tears quite quickly, which it very well could do if he doesn't get backed, if he doesn't get to recycle. I mean, how many of these players, uh, you know, were actually in that dressing room when he left? So my worry is that Pochettino comes back, doesn't have the bounce that we need, that actually the already what's... I think it's majority want Pochettino back, but it's clearly not everyone, Chris, as you've, as you've said on Twitter and, and as I think probably the comments are probably saying right now. Um, not everybody wants him back, which therefore means that if six, nine months down the line, we are going backwards and Kane goes and we're not being reinvested in, then all of a sudden, not only we're we just burning through managers and let's face it, people who we're not going to remember that fondly, Mourinho, Conte, Nuno, we are going to burn through 
this manager that we all hold in our hearts as someone who gave us fantastic entertainment, who took us to a Champions League final. And I agree with everything that Simone said. What Pochettino did, I I was one of the louder voices to say that, yeah, of course we want to win a cup. But he turned us into title win. Uh, well, Freudian slip. He turned Nearly. us into title challengers. He turned us into regular top four team that we were not and aspired to be for so long. We finished above our wonderful neighbours year in, year out under Pochettino. So for me... Pochettino, what he achieved at this football club was outstanding. He oversaw that transition from the old stadium to the new stadium. Um, okay, the last eight months, I think I saw somebody that said, you know, the last 18 months of Poch wasn't wasn't great. It was actually about the last eight, eight, nine months. It was it was that year, that year that he actually went. And I think he was getting he was getting tired. Uh, I mean, it we you look at some of the other names. I mean, there was um, the uh, Eintracht Frankfurt manager just before we came on air tonight. His odds had gone from 50 to 20s to 10s to odds on. We lived all this. We lived all this with Nuno. Nuno was the, what, 10th choice? I mean, we went through one manager after another, after another, after another. It comes back to what I was saying about the incompetence of when we should have appointed Conte and didn't put Nuno in and then eventually got Conte and we all thought it was fixed. So, Pochettino's the the simpler option because I think he ticks a lot of the boxes for the for the club quite quickly. Whereas you look at Postecoglou at Celtic, you look at um, I, I don't know why a Deserbi or a Thomas Frank would want to leave the the project that they've got. I think you'd only have to look at what Graham Potter's done at Brighton to go that could be you know not necessarily the best move for your career right now to go to a bit of a basket case of a club. Um, you know, there's there's younger managers, Vincent Company, Michael Carrick's name uh, been been kind of passed around. Um, poor old Ryan Mason. If it ends up back in Ryan Mason's hands, even for three months, I think you know the the poor guy has he not been through enough. So you know, I, I, I just Pochettino for me would tick a lot of boxes. However, my my gut instinct tells me I don't think it's the right time for him or for us. Cole, let me ask you quickly, if uh, if Antonio Conte goes this week or next week and there is 10 remaining Premier League games left, um, is it the right thing to do to bring Ryan Mason in again? Exactly what happened a couple of years ago when Jose Mourinho was sacked? No, I, 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 I don't. I don't think it is, but I don't know what the other options are. And, and let's not face it. We let's face it. Sorry, we are we are currently sat fourth in the Premier League. We are in a fight for the Champions League positions. And while top four is not a trophy, it is imperative for us to, you know, we've we've seen how much we invest when we are in the Champions League. Imagine missing out on that money for a couple of seasons again. So you know, to keep the players that we've got, to attract better players and better managers, we need to be in the Champions League. So the idea of putting that into um, into Ryan Mason's hands as a rookie manager, to me, would be a risk that is... And that's where Pochettino makes sense. That is where Pochettino makes sense because he could come in and take us over that line. But but I feel that it still could only happen for 18 months. And and as I say, I'm, I'm trying to think of what is the best thing for Tottenham Hotspur two, three, five years in the future. Um, we, we need someone to get hold of this football club and giving it to Ryan Mason, a rookie manager and still a very young man. Let's not let's not forget he retired early. Still a very young man himself as well. Um, I don't know. That, that to me would seem a massive gamble and not one that would pay off. 
Roy Price writes here, uh, we were the fourth best team last year. We're currently in fourth again. Uh, we must be the first team in history to be in that position and be in turmoil. Pochettino for me. Um, I think, Carl, are you, um, if, if, if you had the choice, um, Pochettino for you to come back? Or another manager? Um, I, I, I think I'd... Uh, my, my 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 heart says I'd love to see Pochettino back. My head says it's the wrong time for him to come back. And I don't know who the next manager is. And I think it would be a huge risk to get a company or a Michael Carrick in. Uh, you know, again, Scott Parker's been linked. Scott Parker's just had a nightmare time in Belgium after walking yeah. out on Bournemouth. I, I think that would be a, a poor appointment. So, you know, who who can who can come in and deal with these players and work with this chairman and this and Paratici and get the best out of this group of players. Um, I, I, maybe, maybe it is Pochettino, but my, my, in my head, it, I think we need to wait. I think Pochettino is a manager or two down the line for us. But why should Paratici be even involved though? Because surely he might not even yeah. be able to operate soon. Yeah, good point. Yeah. You know, so, it's, it's, so, 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 I was going to say a couple of weeks ago, um, I said exactly the same, Cole, as you. Um, you know, Pochettino to return one day, but perhaps not now. But today, I just feel like it is the right thing to do. Yeah, and 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 you you might you might well be right there, Chris. I think that that's the thing. We might be running out of options here. I, I, I would prefer to see Pochettino back than than going and paying another release fee for another manager. You know. It, with the greatest respect, and it's not coming from a great deal of knowledge. Knowledge, I don't, I don't want Eintracht Frankfurt's manager because he won a Europa League last season. That's that's not the answer. I don't want Ange Postecoglou because he's doing well in Scotland. I want someone to come in and take control of Tottenham and be our manager for the next three, four, five years and take us to success. That's not Ryan Mason. It might be Pochettino, but I think that comes further down the line. Yes. Maybe we have to take a risk on a on a on a good young manager like a Company or a Carrick. Guys, sorry, but if not Poch, which one is your right one? Because, of course, I think that nowadays it's pretty obvious to everyone that your fall down came when Poch got sacked to Joseph. So, for me, the answer is pretty clear. I don't know if uh, Luis Enrique, the Zerbi, Glasnier, just like you said, the Eintracht Frankfurt manager, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think so. I don't think that they can do much better than Antonio. Antonio is a world-class manager, but he's got his troubles. Okay, so if you want to save spirits, if you want to, uh, if you want your fans to to feed, to feed what it's like to be uh, and to play the Tottenham way, for me, it's all about Pochettino. For me, my humble, uh, my humble opinion, eh, guys. Yeah, I think I'll we, think we certainly. We, we certainly get it. <laughs> I think the question I think the question you have to ask yourself is just forget for one second that Pochettino used to be our manager. Just try and put that out of your head. Imagine you as a fan of another club looking for a manager. Yeah. And somebody says to you, Oh, well, Pochettino, what do you think about him? Saying saying saying, I don't know, West Ham David Moyes. Saying you're a West Ham fan, they say, Well, Pochettino can come in. But you're not gonna say what? no. You know, well, no, no, guys. no, no, guys. I would take even if I was, uh, even if I was uh, the chairman of PSG, because they they made an incredible mistakes by sacking him. And I'm not talking about sports. I'm talking about PSG. 
we are talking about someone that is top five, top six in the world for me mm. because he's complete. He's not just playing well, playing entertaining football. Because of course, I know after Jose, after both Jose and Antonio, you sports fans are aiming for someone that uh, restore the Tottenham way, playing well, just like Arsenal. And I totally agree with you guys. But uh, of course, trust me. If you wanna make top four, or if you wanna feed your target, uh, for example, making top four nowadays, it means that you, in the modern Premier League, you have to make 75 points. In every season, guys, in every season, 75 points, you make them 60 of day 75, playing entertaining football, playing fantastic football, but at the end of the day, in April and in May, you reach your target with the dirty side of the game, winning, for example, one hill away to one away. So you need a little bit both. And Poch, I know for certainty that in the quarterfinal of 2019 against Man City, he wasn't the manager of the best team into the pitch, but he did it. At the dirty side of the game in Amsterdam, um, Ajax used to play the best football that time in Europe. But Fernando Llorente, second balls, Lucas Moura, Dele Alli, Sonny, all jumping on the second balls, dirty side of the game, he did it. So it's complete. Guys, three years ago, Porsche was alongside Pep Guardiola and uh, Jurgen Klopp in Milan trying to win the manager of the season in European football. So, Poch is an incredible manager. I'd love to see Poch back at Spurs, not because, of course, the romantic story, the romantic scenes, the romantic scenario, but because I strongly think, as the free agents, Poch is the best manager you can find. Trust me. Simone, Danny Rose said that Spurs will not go back for Pochettino because it would be like the club admitting that they got it wrong by sacking him in 2019. Now, I've got to ask this question um, for balance. Um, if you were Maurizio Pochettino or you were another manager where Spurs are approaching you to possibly have this job, what makes it different for them? What will they be demanding? What will they be asking? Because I've got to admit, if I was someone walking into an interview... With the Tottenham Hotspur board, I would say, well, it didn't work out for Pochettino. You sacked him. It didn't work out for Jose Mourinho. You sacked him. You took 72 days to uh, appoint Nuno Espirito Santo. You end up sacking him. And then Antonio Conte has had this big rant in a press conference. And now he's left. What yeah, is going to be? How is, how is it going to be different? Uh, you are completely right. You are completely right, Chris. But you have to admit... You have to admit that we can be here spending time, hours, saying, leave it out, in it out. But the reality of the facts is that Daniel Levy and the Burnley Group actually backed Antonio Conte. The biggest problem for him, for Antonio, is that the other football clubs spent this season a lot more money than he expected. This is the way... This is why he wants to run out. This is why he wants to be back in Italy. Because United, for example, when you spent 100 million pounds for Anthony, 75 million for Lisandro Martinez, 55 million, for example, for Casemiro, and he wasn't expecting that. This is the biggest difference. 
So I'm expecting Daniel Levy to be backing the next sports manager. And I strongly hope that uh, when he decided to sack Poch to appoint Joseph and uh, to Amazon Prime, he said, only time, only time will tell if it's the right decision. Now he received the answer. It was the worst decision that he could only make in his entire Tottenham history as a Tottenham chairman. Craig, I want to ask you the same question. And what is the definition of backing the next manager? Hmm. Well, firstly, if Potts does come back, I'd love Daniel Levy to come out and say publicly, <coughs> I got it wrong. <laughs> you know, this is we should have kept this man in place from, from the start. Um, definition of backing, just give, give him the players that he wants. It's not hard, you know. If Potts draws up a list of players that he wants, just go and get them. It's, I, I, you know, put aside, I know how hard it is, people say, to get transfers done, but other clubs seem to do it. You know, Man City seems to do it. Chelsea seems to do it. Arsenal seem to do it. Liverpool, well, they've had their issues, but, you know, it, they just they just act and they go and get the players that, that the manager wants. I don't see how it how, how it can be that difficult. There's always a way. There is unless it's something like Bastoni that the, where the players did not want to leave Inter. You, you know, you've got to just pay the money. Unfortunately, pay the money for Daniel anyway. Pay the money. You know, and I'm still convinced we bring in a Hugo replacement, decent Hugo replacement. Whoever, what are your opinions on goalkeepers are? I still think Pickford's not. a bad shout for a keeper, to be honest, with Premier League experience. I think he's playing in a very, very poor Everton side. I think he'd do well at Spurs, but I know there's a lot of people out there that don't think Pickford's good enough, but go out and get a decent keeper. And, and I've said on here before, you buy Bastoni, you buy Guardiol, you go and, and have a back three. If you're playing a back three of, of Romero and them two, that is a solid back three with Porro. And then I still think we've got issues at left wing back. I've never really been convinced of Perisic. But Udogi's coming in, or Udogi, next year. So, look, if Poch comes back, whoever, or whoever the manager is, they're going to have a list of players. Back in the manager, he's buying the manager, the players that he's asked for, not, not continually... Club signings like a Dan Jim. I get Jed Spence. I really do. I, I get it for the future. I, I get that. He's got sell-on value. And to be honest, I was excited. I agree with Carl. I was really excited about Jed Spence. Out of all the signings in the summer, believe it or not, he was one of the most... Because I, I watched him play, I thought, this, this kid's going to be good. This kid is going to be good. So, baffling. Baffling to me that Conte didn't even seem to give him a go. But, yeah, in answer to your question... Just go out and get him the players that they asked for. Um, if Ryan Mason's in charge, then that says to me they're not going to appoint Poch because Poch no, is no, a free no. agent. Ryan Mason is no sense. It's uh, just something like be back of two years with no plans. So yeah. as a kid manager for the rest of the season, but what's the point of doing that? You know, you are not going to trust in Mauricio to be back. So you're waiting for a new manager. But maybe, just like Chris said, you are going to be waiting for another 70 months. 
trying to appoint someone to play attacking football and then at the end of the day you appoint Nuno Espirito Santo so I, come on uh, I, think, at all. I think for style of football it's got to definitely be someone like Maurizio Pochettino I know a lot yeah. of people are saying don't go back but when you're talking about style of football uh, we haven't been entertained since Pochettino left you know in that way um, can I ask all three of you very very quickly just give me a name um, the question I put out on social media earlier, um, your time supporting Tottenham in your life, who who's most entertained you? Craig? Um, I would have to say Poch, and I'm probably uh, older than most of you. I did like Venables, I have to say, back in the day, but uh, a lot of people won't remember that. So, but certainly recent history. Mauricio Pochettino and Harry Redknapp. Yeah. Carl? Yeah, Pochettino, we played with grit, we played with attacking flair, we pressed and he was, you know, nearly took us to heights we've never, never seen before. But I, I, I remain to say that if he comes back, doesn't get backed, we burn through that man and we, we, we never see him back at the club again. So, but you've got Pochettino 100%. Simone, I don't even need to ask you, do I? Yeah, in terms of entertaining, I would say Eri Renna, Rafa van der Part, Luca Modis, Charlotte on the right, Gareth Bale on the left. But in terms of being a complete manager that know how to win, even when you are not the best team in the pitch, I would say definitely Maurizio Pochettino is magic, you know. <laughs> Oh, I missed well, off a, a Christian Gross, Chris. Sorry, that's who I meant to say. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, they, they were some days. It's not that Good bad day. yet. <laughs> well, we've got a graphic here um, from TalkSport um, comparing uh, the managerial stats with Antonio Conte and Maurizio Pochettino. Um, total games, Conte 75, Pochettino 293. Um, we've got a win percentage very, very similar. Conte, 54.67% to Pochettino's 54.61%. Um, average goals scored, Pochettino, uh, Pochettino's Tottenham scored more goals average uh, than Conte's side. Um, average goals conceded, very similar. And uh, £30 million plus signings, including add-ons, three apiece. Um as Carl rightly said earlier today, we have been linked, um, reports in Germany, to um, Frankfurt manager Oliver Glazner. Uh, of course, he's 48 years old, Austrian. Um, he's managed Lask, uh, Wolfsburg, and currently the manager of Frankfurt. And of course, he won the Europa League in 2022. Frankfurt are currently sixth in the Bundesliga. Now, um, there is 10 games to go in the Premier League. Um, it would be interesting. It would be an interesting couple of days whether Antonio Conte does keep his job or not. Um, there have been many reports stating that Ryan Mason could take charge of Spurs if that was to happen. Conte was to leave. Um, we have got a very busy April coming up. We play Everton away, Brighton at home, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, Manchester United at home and Liverpool away. A lot of those games, the teams are around us, either above us or below us. Um, Simone, let's come to you first of yeah. all on this. Yeah. Ten games to go in the Premier League. How confident are you, whoever is in charge, that Spurs will get a top four spot? Zero. Zero. 
Zero percent, not just because of Newcastle, because of Liverpool. Liverpool are uh, fighting back. But why? Because Liverpool struggled and uh, coped with their troubles alongside Jurgen Klopp. And this shows a lot. Arsenal, they were facing very, very bad times with Arteta. They coped with him and they nowadays are trying to win the Premier League. So that is just what Daniel Levy should have done three years ago alongside Mauricio Pochettino. Today we are talking about Jose Mourinho, Manuel Espirito Santo, Antonio Conte, but that is just what they should have done at that time. So stick together, stay behind coach. And nowadays we are talking about hmm, maybe coach to be back is not the right answer. Poch was the best manager in the last 25 years of Tottenham history. No money, Champions League final. So, bloody hell, guys, what are we uh, are discussing about? Come on. <laughs> even, even too, even too, we're talking about someone that is one of the best persons in terms of human being in modern football. And the bloody hell, he loves Spurs. He's a Spurs fan. So, I push back 100%. Hold on, Samo. What, what has Pochettino got to do with our remaining games in the Premier League? Fold. <laughs> He's the only yeah. one that can make it. Fold. <laughs> You've got to listen to the question. <laughs> I love him. I love him. You know, Chris. I love him. No, seriously, Simone. Um, when you look at some of these fixtures, Brighton at home, Newcastle away, Manchester United at home, Liverpool away. These are all teams that we are playing. All the teams are around us. This is going to be a key running, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I expect, I expect much, many points in the first part of April. So against Brighton, against Everton away, against Bournemouth at home on the Easter weekend. Uh, and then, of course, Liverpool and Menu will decide everything. Everything. I think that that six points will decide everything about split season. Craig, what are you making of uh, the last 10 games? How many points, realistically, do you think Spurs can pick up out of 30? Um, There's some hard games in there. There there is. I'd say we'd be doing well if we picked up 20 at the moment. At the moment, the way we've been playing, I'd say we'd be doing very well. I still, At the moment, I would say we'll finish fifth. Um, I know I said a few weeks ago we could finish fourth. That was before... The latest debacle. Um, uh, Newcastle winning the other day uh, didn't exactly help us. I agree. I think Liverpool could still um, make that top four position. Bizarrely, I mean, I mean, it shows you what fine margins football is. I know it's if buts and maybes, maybes, but if we'd gone out and actually taken the FA Cup game seriously and we was in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, if we'd managed to win Saturday, I'm not that bothered about the Champions League. I mean, I'm bothered with the way we went out, but I don't think we'd have got much further in it anyway. But the, the, the domestic cup, the FA Cup, that was something we could realistically win. And we just went out with a whimper. And dropping points like we did Saturday, I mean... I know the league's a funny old league this year and teams have been beating teams that they should never never beat 
under normal seasons. I mean, Bournemouth beat Liverpool, didn't they? I mean, I mean, who, who would have seen, seen that coming if you was a betting person? Very strange season, and it just so it just seems that when we lose, teams teams around us that have the opportunity to catch us up just don't tend to do it a lot of the time, which is usually something Spurs do. I mean, just to think, if we'd managed to hold on, we'd have been in thirds until April. I mean, yep. that's bizarre, and we're all we're all moaning about how crap we are. We would have been in third in the Premier League. It's just unbelievable. But, yeah, I think we'd be doing well to get 20 points out of that. There's some tough games in there. The key period is the Newcastle, Liverpool and Manchester United. Um, I think that will be the crunch because games after that are on paper at least a bit easier. But And that's why it's important to get the right person in now, in my opinion. Because going back to Conte, has he lost the dressing room? Are these players going to be playing for him in what is a key 10 fixtures coming up now? And that's what Daniel Levy's going to be have to, have to think. If Conte's lost the dressing room and he's lost the players and they ain't going to play for him, then, that's, then they've got to get rid of him. But get somebody in who the players are going to play for. That is key. Cole, do you think he has lost the dressing room now, Antonio Conte? I, I, I know I asked that question earlier about is there any way back for him, but... Do you think that the players have lost respect for him, particularly after Saturday's comments? Well, the the rumours the rumours are that they have. I, I think you can split that down the middle. I think there's players who um, deserve every bit of criticism that's coming their way, and there's players who don't. And I think you know someone like Harry Kane has he lost the respect and the the kind of belief of someone like Harry Kane? But Harry Kane is you know, working his arse off, trying to drag this team single-handedly nearly to the top four. There are there are players, unfortunately, that have spent a long period of their career at Tottenham and fallen short so many times. I don't think they have a right to say that Antonio Conte wasn't correcting what he said about them. Having said that, as a collective, they weren't playing as a team before. I can't see how this unites them as a team either. So, you know... I, we, we are in a better position, I think, points-wise than we were this time last year. And we're in a better position in the league than we were this time last year. And yet, somehow, I, last year, I felt confident we would get fourth, and we did. This year, I don't feel confident at all. I, I think the, the fixtures that we have remaining, there are... We'll blow hot and cold. If if Conte remains, we'll blow hot and cold for those games. We'll pick up 15 points, maybe 17 points, and we'll fall three, four points short and maybe get fifth or end up in the Conference League. If Conte goes and Mason comes in, we, we may have the players who have the opportunity to express themselves a little bit more. But again, I think the quality of player there is lacking in some of the, some areas of the team and therefore I still don't think we'll get much more than 15, 17 points. So I can't see with the fixtures that we've got, I can't see the pathway except for, and this is, this is why I'm so conflicted, except for Pochettino walks back in the door next week and we maybe get that bounce. I, I agree. I think that's probably the only chance we can fix this in the short term. But I think it's such a gamble because... You know, the how many times have we said they need to back the manager? They need to back the manager. So, and I think someone said it in the comments a little bit earlier that Pochettino needs to be the manager, not the coach. He needs to have that Harry Redknapp license to sign the players, to use his scouting network. And he didn't get that before. Why not? So if the football club have learned from their mistakes 
if they are willing to A, back him, B, let him pick the players, let him sign the players and turn him into that manager, then I do think that Pochettino is the man to bring us back. And that is just about the only way we can get top four. But am I confident that they'll do that? No, I'm not. And that's 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 that head and heart argument that I've got on this. Sadly, Carl, I don't think that role actually exists anymore as, as well, a manager. I think that's a, that's a modern day uh, game thing now. And, and of course, um, sorry to bring it up, but when we won the Audi Cup, that's where it all went wrong for me um, after the Champions League. Because in that <laughs> press conference, I don't know whether you remember, Pochettino came out and said, I'm not the manager, I'm the head coach. And I think that that yeah. was, was the start yeah. of it all going wrong. Um, Harry Kane's contract. Um this is the last thing that we'll talk about. Um, Carl, let's start with you on Harry Kane. Um, if you were Harry Kane, what would you do? If I was Harry Kane, I've got the all-time Tottenham Hotspur goalscoring record under my belt. I don't think anyone could say that I've not done everything I can. OK, Kane has gone missing once or twice in those big, big games. So, so Kane has to take some responsibility for the fact we've not won this trophy in, in all this time. But I think he's more than made up for that in terms of the loyalty that he's shown. Harry Kane's 30 years old, or is he 30 years old this summer? He hasn't got long left. He's at his very peak of his game. We know he's not got much pace to begin with. So he has one last big contract in him, but I don't think he's motivated by that. I think Harry Kane's haunted by the thought of spending the rest of his career, those kind of jokes they make about Alan Shearer never winning the FA Cup on match of the day. Harry Kane's got that times 10. At least, at least Alan Shearer can say, well, I won the league once. Harry Kane will be haunted for the rest of his life if he retires having never won a cup. And if he stays with our football club for all this turmoil, that could happen. So I don't think anyone wants us to win more than Harry Kane does. And the reality is that Harry Kane must now surely, surely, surely at the second or third time know that he cannot trust that it's going to happen at this football club. He cannot trust that we're going to follow through on the things that we say we're going to do, which is criminal when you think about it, because this is the greatest player that's ever pulled on our shirt. So unfortunately for me, I cannot see how Kane stays. I agree that if Pochettino comes in and maybe short term, he stays for a little bit longer. And what a story that would be. What a fantastic tale that would be if they could win together. But I do think that Kane's time's coming to an end at Spurs. And why on earth would he sign another contract with what's going on at the minute? You know, you look at his eyes, you look at these reaction on Saturday, you know. So I, I would love to see Harry Kane retire at our football club. I would love to see him lift trophies with us and fulfil what he needs to do. But if I'm not confident in it, then I don't know how he can be. I completely agree with everything you said there, Cole. Um, sadly, um, of course, we all want Harry Kane to stay, but he must be so frustrated. No trophies at Tottenham. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him leave uh, in the summer, sadly. Um, Simone, what, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, first of all, guys, uh, for the last breaking news that we received right now, it seems that uh, Raya Mason will take charge of the team since the last the last game of the season. But we are checking it uh, nowadays. Earlier this week, Antonio Conte, both Antonio Conte and Tottenham pulled part ways. Nothing official, nothing official. It's all about Matt Lowe. It's all about the Garden. 
but we are checking it, so nothing uh, official. But uh, to be honest, uh, this is what currently is happening. For me, it would be uh, a waste of time to, to be back to Ryan Mason as a caretaker manager. For me, it would be absolutely a no goal. Because if you want to be aiming to build something new, I would appoint right now a new manager. If not, I will stick together with Antonio until the end of the season. But of course, first of all, guys, I need to say I want to thank Antonio publicly because uh, we share great times, both in Milan before the game AC uh, Milan against Tottenham and both after the second leg, Spurs AC Milan because I had the opportunity to ask him some questions in a press conference and we shared some great times. Uh, proper man, great man, to be honest. We shared uh, also a picture. So uh, thank you, Chris, to provide me the chance to, to say this because uh, every Spurs fan knows that uh, I love Maurizio. I love to see uh, well, much back Spurs, but I need to be honest, I'm Italian. Uh, uh, even if I don't love Antonio, uh, that was great to share sometimes with him, to be honest, at the end of the of the show. You didn't tell Antonio how you want Pochettino back, did you? <laughs> no, 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 to be honest, no. Because I was <laughs> scared by saying it the truth. <laughs> Simone, on, on, on a serious note, with, uh, with Harry Kane, if you were Harry Kane, stay or leave? Uh, if I... If, Maybe I should have left two years ago. Now I'm almost 30. Uh, I'm the Tottenham Hotspur record breaker of all time. So maybe I will stay because, uh, you know, Chris, you know me. I love this kind of romantic stuff. And maybe I'm, 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 I'm an income for spurts. So maybe I will stay. Craig, same question to you on Harry Kane. It's a difficult one because, uh, as you said, he's 30 in the summer. He's our all-time record goal scorer now. He's definitely after Shearer's record. And it's not just me saying it. Harry said he doesn't, he's got no interest really in going abroad. Um, young family, I just don't think he, he, he's one of those types of players that wants to go. He's certainly not going to go buy Munich just to win the trophy. Let's, let's get this straight. If Real Madrid come call him, I could see that would be the only club outside the Premier League that might tempt him, perhaps Barcelona, but probably Real Madrid. That, that, but from everything I've read, he wants to stay in the Premier League. So let's look at his options. City. He's not going to go to City because they've got Haaland. Liverpool. He's not going to go to Liverpool because they've got striking options unless they radically change their front line, which I don't think they're going to do. They've invested heavily there. He's not going to Arsenal. He's certainly not going to Chelsea. So that leaves, as we've said many times, it leaves Manchester United. Has he got... All right, this is a bad argument because Man U have just won a trophy, but would you say he's got more chance of winning the Premier League with Manchester United than than Spurs? I'd say it's there is, genuinely there is, around the... They're in the FA Cup semi-final as well, Craig. So, you know, they, they can pick are. up two trophies in Eric Ten Hag's first season. They, they could, yeah, yeah. I know I'm perhaps I'm clutching at straws, admittedly, but and but from last season, if I if you'd asked me the same question last season, I'd say we're on a par with Manchester United. I have to admit, 
they have been better than us this season. Perhaps I've just totally ruined my own argument, but ultimately this is this is going to be down to Harry Kane and if he does want to move. Because for me, the only place he's likely to go is going to be Manchester United. Um, would he want to do that? I don't know. I can't see it. I can't see it. Um, I would I would put Newcastle on a par with us certainly at the moment. Um, I don't see why he would. For me, if he's going to go somewhere, it would be Manchester United. Um, but Daniel Levy apparently has come out and said he's not. He wouldn't be selling to Manchester United. So, uh, or anyone for that matter, not just Man U. So I, I don't know what would I do if I was Harry Kane. This is head ruling heart. If it was with my boyhood club, I don't know. I'd like to think that I would want to stay. I'm 30 years old. Do I want to be moving my family up north? I don't know. Or do I want to be a club? He is a club legend. Let's get it right. And he always will be. And not one of us would begrudge him going. I think that's the thing. But to see him running out in a red shirt in Manchester against us, that would hurt more than any other player. You know, it's bad enough seeing Ericsson wear their shirt. Yeah. Can you imagine Harry Kane yeah. and wow. people's memories would be uh, very short, I'll wow. tell you. So, Talk for sport. me, I just hope he stays. TalkSport have just stated that Tottenham are set to sack Antonio Conte later this week. Sources understand. Um, Daniel Levy is understood to have decided Antonio Conte's fate following talks on Monday. Um, now, I've got three very, very quick fire questions for all of you to end the show. Cole, let's start with you. Who will be the Spurs manager for the Everton game on the 3rd of April? What position in the league do you think will finish at the end of the season? And who will be the manager at the start of next season? Ryan Mason will be in charge against Everton. I think we'll finish fifth. And I think if I had to put my last tenor on it, I would I would say that I think Pochettino will be Tottenham manager first game of next season. Carl, you've stole all three of my answers. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, what about you? What was the questions again? <laughs> <laughs> I think Who we'll will finish be the manager Everton. Yeah, right. Okay, Ryan Mason. I think um, I think we'll finish fifth, and who will be manager at the first game of next season? Was the last one. Yeah. Christ Almighty, I I just don't get why they put Ryan Ryan Mason in charge if Poch is coming back. If if Poch ain't in charge against Everton, I don't think he is coming back in the summer. Well, I don't get why you would do that. Um, unless I mean Ryan Mason and Harry Kane are best mates. Don't forget. So. Perhaps he's going to involve Kane a bit more. I don't know. Perhaps that could be a sweetener. That could be a thing, couldn't it? Who's going to be manager? I'm going to go with the. I'll go and go with the heart, Chris, because I, I, all the other answers just don't make sense to me. So I'm going to say Pochettino for manager next season. But I, it's that Frankfurt manager. Is that going to keep Harry Kane? Can you imagine Daniel Levy saying that? Oh, Harry, we got this guy from Frankfurt. He's coming in. The one thing you can say about the Frankfurt manager is he was linked with Chelsea a couple of weeks ago. I mean, we've tried putting Chelsea managers in after they've been sacked. What about just get them before they go? <laughs> so you can't say they're not learning from their mistakes. Well, I was also going to say um, any chance of Thomas Tuchel because his name keeps coming up. And I, I, for me personally, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Spurs appoint Thomas Tuchel. 
it would be the fourth after uh, Jose Mourinho under Villas Boas. Yep. And Antonio Conte as the former, as a former Chelsea manager to be the next Tottenham coach. Of course, I would love to see Thomas Tuchel then Glasnier, the, the manager of Eintracht Frankfurt, the Zerg, Luis Enrique, they are better managers. I think that Thomas Tuchel or Mauricio Pochettino are far better than that, guys, to be, to be honest. Let's see what happens. I strongly hope that if Antonio needs to be sacked, it won't be Raya Mason because Raya Mason is a known goal. It's just like being two years ago. So, no sense, completely no sense. What a mess, what a mess. So, Manny, what's your, what's your answers to those three questions? Which are the three questions, please? Um, who will be the manager against Everton on the 3rd of April? Where will we finish in the league? And who will be the manager at the start of next season? Maybe Raya Mason, I hope not. Uh, we finish sixth. And next season, I strongly hope Maurizio because you know I love him. So, uh, of course, I'm going to answer that, that, that way. So, Poch, 100% Poch. Simone, just one last question for you. Yeah. If Pochettino comes back, yeah. And I know a lot of people I would, are going to I, shout. I would be, be back in London. No, no, I know a lot of people are going to shout at me now. Those lone players, Harry Winks, Tongi Ondombele, mm-hmm. Giovanni Lacelso, Joe Roden, etc., etc. Those players, do you think that when they come back, if Maurizio Pochettino was the manager, does he give them another chance at Tottenham? Only Gio, only Gio. Dombele maybe will be sold uh, in a permanent way. Weeks he wanna wanna play. Weeks he showed the once again last week that he said that uh, I belong. I I loved Spurs, but I wanted a new challenge. So I think that uh, even if Poch comes back. Uh, Eddie Winks uh, wouldn't be staying as a backup. So he won a first in football, so maybe we'll play for Burley or uh, places like that. Gio Losiatsu is the only one that maybe can stay and try to find his way to be back on the first team. Mm. Simone, thanks so much for joining us this evening. It's been a pleasure having you on, talking to you. Um, Please tell everyone where they can find you on social media and what you're up to at the moment. Yeah, uh, as everybody knows, uh, Simone Deluomo Doc 21 on Instagram. I don't have still, I still don't have Twitter. Chris has been uh, absolutely a pleasure. Big uh, as well to your fantastic son uh, Ari and your fantastic dad. So it's been absolutely a pleasure. Big hug as well to Craig Eckhart. Simone, thank you. And Craig, thanks so much for coming back on as normal. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. Um, not so much. Just trying to pick my way through this. Uh, if there isn't enough stress in life without sporting Tottenham, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, uh, yeah, at Demon9 on Twitter if you want to follow me, that would be great. Um, I, do, I just wonder if Conte knew he's being sacked because you only get 20 kilograms of luggage allowance on Ryan here, so he'll have, he have, have to sort that out. Wouldn't he? But... Um, but yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. I think he was only due to be gone for a couple of days. He was obviously supposed to be back tomorrow, isn't it? I think he was supposed to be. So that's weird. Great. I'll tell you what, Chris. Go on. I've got a feeling we'll, we'll, we'll be doing another show tomorrow evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll clear the schedule. 
Well, what is annoying for you, like you're going to have to replace that banner behind you and, and, and redo your <laughs> opening credits, aren't you? So <laughs> put a picture of Ryan Mason up there or not one up for you or something. God. Yeah. Anyway, There's pleasure anyway. Thank you, Craig. And Carl, Carl thanks so much for coming back. It's been a pleasure having you back. And uh, tell everyone about your wonderful podcast and where people can find you on social media. Well, uh, well, I was just going to say your banner budget is bigger than the transfer budget, Chris, if we keep going through <laughs> managers. And could there could there be a greater metaphor, if he does go, than a manager leaving Spurs on a Ryanair? It's just poetic. It's unbelievable, this football club. Um, I... I have um, I've got a podcast called uh, When Football Began Again. Uh, it's all about the Premier League era, but it, it's not just about the Premier League. Football didn't begin in 1992. So it's deep dives into teams' Premier League histories and interviews with ex-players and managers and so on. So you can find me when football began again. Uh, I'm also a stand-up comedian. I've seen that one or two people have given me a few lookalikes. So I've had Simon Pegg in the comments. I've had uh, Michael Sheen. I'll throw one more in for you. Marv off Home Alone. If you want to... Uh, see me talk about these things in stand-up comedy terms um, i'm carl jones on twitter or carl jones comedy or uh, wfba pod for the podcast thank you carl pleasure having you back um carl simone and carl thank you so much for your time this evening and thank you to everybody who's watched this podcast and uh, listen to it on audio platform if you are watching this on youtube please do hit the subscribe button like share and comment below i'll see you on the next one until then come on you spurs days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.